0: Un-programmed space. Enough. Consciousness is not aiming, directing, making something happen. Mm-hmm. There's enough of that uh, a, d- a m- dimension of that. Um, so this tenor of practice is a certain coolness and peacefulness, so that you know wh- whatever we're aiming at or directed. At or you know, there's still enough quietness around that, enough room to contemplate. So that this receptive quality can acknowledge results, can acknowledge where one's coming from, one's motivation can acknowledge what's past, what isn't there, what's completed, finished, what isn't arising. Notice what isn't arising. So what we normally notice is what is arising, and this is put, uh, the triggered, the activated, the concern, the uh, you know, pleasant or unpleasant feeling, uh sense of feeling highly sensitive or stuck, conflicted, so there's a lot of contact impressions strong contact impression is arising, with that comes a strong intentionality to either make or to get out of, you know, to to develop it or to be someone free of that, and to get rid of it. It's called the bhava-vibhava current, so the becoming current is to form, to make much of, to, to absorb into that. The vibhava is the, to make to try and repel it, to get out of it, to be someone who is not in that. So these these fluctuations of intentionality, and then one's attention naturally uh, tries to sustain itself around that which we have tried to become or are becoming, or that which we are pushing away from. So in this. Then this consciousness is then established in that modality. And so this can lead to quite an escalation of intensities. This is the furtherance of becoming the passion, the inflammation, the heatedness of the jitta at the point of contact. It's not cool it's activated, it's, it's, it's alive, it's firing. That passion lands and there's establishment of consciousness. Consciousness takes root upon that um, mode of becoming, that inclination, that disposition, that fantasy, that fear, um, that body state, that mind state Establishes it upon that, makes much of it, furthering it. And this is the onward faring of samsara. Mm. The Buddha is saying, you know, the place where consciousness is not established should be known. Mm. There is no. This is where body does no body arises. There's no bodily impression. There's no. Uh, thought impression there's no mental measurement that place should be known where these cease these are not arising perhaps the more correct way of putting it this sounds a very far-fetched possibility but if we look very broadly we consider very broadly we might recognize that particular inclinations that were on fire for us when we were five years old are no longer alive certain inclinations that were there when we were 16 were passionate engaged in not so much to us really activated on focused on our lives were going in that direction we were concerned with this music these this person this occupation this mode of attention this possibility this sense of becoming more of that is no longer alive and it's faded out. It's the fire's gone out of that one. There's no passion in it. One doesn't hate it. One isn't regretting it. It's just, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. The fire's gone out. conscience not established on that. It's not sorrowing over it. It's not feeling embarrassed over it. It's not nostalgic for it. It's just not on fire anymore. It's nothing to get fired up about. That person does not exist. Hmm? It's not that you've got rid of them. It's not you hate them. It's not you rejected it. It just does not exist. It does not arise. And this, you know, it was so real. Now it's not there. And it, well, we're not rejecting it, repudiating it, trying to say that never happened or anything, it's just, it's not a fire it's finished, it's gone out it's gone out where's it gone to? the Buddha says, well, just like when a fire goes out, you can't say where did it go to it's just gone out Uh, it it doesn't it's not burning and that's what we're our practice is the Dhamma anyway is aimed at this non-burning, the fire going out. Uh, and you're just noticing where the fire has gone out. Not because one has been averse to it, but just because one's lost one's appetite, the appetite has gone. The flavour has died. The music is no longer it, doing things for me. Have you noticed this? And could that process be furthered? Could we dwell upon that, 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 that quality that isn't there, if you could say, does not exist, mm. where the fire went out? Mm-hmm. Oh, the space, colloquially speaking, a sort of a, oh. mind poises, perhaps, citta, quiet, there's no intention there's no aim, there's no analysis, there's no regurgitation. It's gone out. Does anything like that happen for you? Can you or is it that you know by and large, our tendency is to keep looking what hasn't gone out and uh you know, feel frustrated by it, feel delighted with it, feel passionate about it feel burnt by it, feel scorched by it, <laughs> I feel warm by it, you know, whatever. <laughs> and the consciousness gets established there because of that raga. And inflammation, fire, passion, heating up, agitation, uh, activation, sparking. And so, you know, and then Then that becomes a topic, doesn't it? And one's mental conscious, the Manovijnana established on that, mulling it over, worrying about it, adding in details, planning it, strategizing it, lamenting over it, feeling disappointed in it, feeling embarrassed by it. You know, all this stuff going on. Because of what? Because of contact. And contact wasn't necessary. Yet we imagine it is because of this compulsive... The favouring of contact, the favouring of the fire, the favouring of the sparking—even it's miserable. It's not even a chosen favouring. Sometimes it's just like a moth to a flame. We circle around our fire, wings getting burnt. It's pathetic. It's sorrow- when you see that happening to a little creature. Does it remind you of anything? <laughs> as you circle around your donut, <laughs> Oh, whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, to turns with the, the, uh, the truth that what feels good in the beginning doesn't always feel good in the end. <laughs> what seems beautiful in the beginning isn't always beautiful in the middle and isn't always beautiful in the end. But some things are. <laughs> Dhamma, the aspiration body, the, um, the, the that which aspires, the faith body is beautiful, the endeavor body, the middle, the courage, the persistence, the bringing forth the values and virtues, the, the beautiful, and in the end, the ease, the release, this is Dhamma, Kalyana Dhamma, beautiful, admirable, uplifting, So this is the you know in our cultivation is to, you know, in some degree, this happens for us anyway. We do lose interest in this and that, and yet the process of Dharma is to take it deeper. So it's not just particular topics that we lose interest in, our motorbikes or our you know first first passions or our or gratifications, but the whole process of of that. Of contact itself. I mean, no, contact doesn't mean just something meets something. I mean, this is sparking, flashing. Where there's a jump, and how we jump into things or we jump out of things, yeah, you know, like like a cat on a hot tin roof, like a piece of popcorn on a hot plate, pop, you know, and then we are bounded off to the next thing. This this is the firing of contact. When the Buddha is saying, with the cooling dispassion, ceasing of contact. And does that mean? I mean, you're kind of numb? No, it means you don't get this, this jump experience, flash experience. You just contact is cool, dispassionate. One contacts the deathless in one's body. It's in your own embodiment. There isn't this surge. In the nervous system, it's clenching, this flushing, this jangling, this seizures, this sudden spinning up into the head, the sudden grip round the throat or the belly—the ceasing of that—not because one can't touch anything, but this, because with the ceasing of contact there's a ceasing of uh, an intentionality. They're bound up together. So when the something fires, then we we get an intention, a volition to either go into it or go out of it or worry about it or make something happen, change it, fix it, progress with it. The intention, it gets born. And attention then focuses on that which we've been fired up about. In it's to get rid of it. To be, to not become it. This is the tide of non-becoming. I want to be. I want to exist. I want to be someone who is not existing in that particular mode. So, and the Buddha pointed to these, vibhava. Now, you know, to crave for non-existence sounds a very weird thing. Uh, but when we look at it in relative terms. Uh, uh, it's, it's fairly standard mm. experience one wishes to be someone who's not experiencing that thing mm. it doesn't mean I don't want to be experiencing I want to experience that not happening to me I want to experience no cold be away from that Yeah. no unpleasant feeling be away from that so this is a restriction, a, contr- a constriction, a defending. Mm. And then I, I feel a little more secure in that. I'm secure in my non-existence, <laughs> in that domain. Consciousness then beds itself into that, and I set up ways and means where I don't have to come into contact with things that make me feel nervous or disoriented or out of, out of my area or not in control. Mm-hmm. So, but then what does that set up? Certain mm-hmm. so defensive pattern, certain uh, stress and agitation, and this, the jitra is not cannot properly I mean, unfold. We are bounded by that. We're constricted by that. The opposite extreme. Right, which we wish to, to fill, to fill ourselves with, to become, to absorb, to be formed around as a nature to, to change and require persistence, require nourishment, require support, and it changes. So these tides don't take us to a final shore, final shoreline. But the Buddha said there is an island that you can go to, I call it Nibbana, where the tides don't sweep. Mm. So notice where contact isn't firing. And you draw your attention to it. You have you know, when particular sensory delights no longer are there for you. Can you linger in that impression. This is the value of reflecting on one's sila. Or one's renunciation. You know, in particular, unpleasant mental habits have stopped, ceased, uh, to any degree. What's there? Notice what isn't there. Notice the ceasing of that, the dispassion towards it, and in oneself and in others. When other people's stuff doesn't get you so wired up and and jangly and judgmental and embittered or fascinated it's just people's stuff like everybody's stuff and one is no longer so stirred uh, dismayed that uh, one can feel whatever you know compassion or but it isn't really on fire you're not catching fire with it you're not inflammable this is the direction that one has to keep enough of that openness that receptivity to apprehend this is where this is what is called oh, ceased one has lost appetite for it's it's a subtle inclination what is one appetite for? For consciousness, something to land on, something to pick up and get going with. One's appetite for consciousness, one's appetite for perceptions, feelings, and activation. Mm. This is what it's f- where the raga lingers. when it doesn't hmm. and is there anything you could define that doesn't come into that characteristic into those aggregates anything you could define and the Buddha says you can't define it and people say does that mean it's sort of exists in some tenuous sphere, he says you can't define it. Does that mean it doesn't exist? You can't define it. Does it mean it sort of exists and doesn't it? No, you can't define it. How about <laughs> <laughs> I want to pin it down, he says you can't do that. It doesn't get pinned. <laughs> mm. But mm. There's a very strong exhortation <laughs> that he gave. I mean, the one where he says, Well, what do you think, Bhikkhus? Mm. Yeah. The blood that would fill the great oceans, which is greater, than the blood that you have shed when you're an animal being slaughtered, when you were being wounded and killed numerous lifetimes. Which is greater, that amount of blood or the blood, or the amount of blood that would fill the oceans? And They say, the oceans? He says, no. <laughs> the amount of blood you have spilt in this samsara is greater than that. Tears, what do you think is greater? The amount of water in the oceans, or the amount of water you have shed through your eyes, weeping, sorrowing over the loss of the loved? Which do you think is greater? the tears you've shed enough you've shed enough to have become dispassionate lost your appetite for this this faring on the Buddha spoke in extremely strong terms to point to point things out one could imagine his sense of concern was no you know the fragility of his own mortality and that living out in his woodlands how many times would you get to meet the buddha at all in that huge area of land once twice maybe so left some people with a very very strong mark Mm. out of compassion because this is something we do not see on our own we do not notice Mm. One who inclines towards non-existence still craving to exist in some other state, refined state, happier state somewhere else. Mm. One who craves for refined existence wants unrefined existence to not exist. Mm. Cruelty, squalor, pain, not existing. So this trajectory takes one further into the cosmos. And um, say, well, if you can do that, at least aim for a good direction. To hmm, take a stand on non-harming, non-violence, and so on. And if you're wise, notice after which you've actually, first of all, just made the commitment to that, and practiced with it, and contemplated the intentions and the motivations for violence. The fever for it, the sense of delight that people can arrive at through revenge, through elimination of the unpleasant, through power, the glory, the delighting that can happen and you feel sickened by it. And it no longer, you don't want anything to do with that particular form of delight, gratification, power. Hmm. It's gone out. Linger in that. Linger in that moment. Linger in what is there for you when the chitta drops the intention, knows it's dropped the intention, knows it's dropped being you know, the fixation on it, knows it's it's no longer activated in that way, so that if people abuse you, are unkind to you, you still don't feel that sense of violence coming up the heat of revenge practice with it and see that uh, you know this is you know, this is a great gain so much so the Buddha says well you know if you're a True disciple and the thieves catch you at a crossroads and cut off your arms and legs. Still, one should mind should not flicker into aversion. Mm. Powerful. It makes sense in a way because if that's what's happening to you. Not liking it isn't going to change it. <laughs> so one just releases. There's a possibility for the citta to not be contracted into hatred and aversion, fear. There's that possibility. You can save what can be saved. You cannot. Eventually you cannot save a body. You save, you rescue what can be rescued. Oh, this is the stern pragmatism and unwavering focus of, of the buddha but of course there is definitely relative benefits to live in a with a being who is harmless offers that protection that trustworthiness to others a being who does not take up intoxication offers that kind of refuge and steadiness to others. They don't, not because they want to, but just because they do. So this is um, the benefit of non of this uh, ceasing. And what ceases? And what is there when instincts, reflexes have ceased? So it's nothing, something. What's that? So it's always so um, great blessing for us to an encouragement to inflect towards in this way towards the ceasing and relinquishment. This is the trajectory as described trajectory of insight that is of Contemplating the phenomenal experience towards disengagement, viveka, dispassion, viraga, cessation, niroda; relinquishment, or sagga, ripening in relinquishment, or ripening in release. What is released? Uh, it's not said, so there is release. Chitta is released from jitta, from intentionality, from contact. You cannot say, it doesn't exist, it's just like, what's a fist like when it opens? Is it a fist? Where did it go? Chitta is the nexus of contact, intention and attention. mm mm-hmm fed in the field of of awareness. One is aware through contact, intention, intention. When those, those links fade or give up, this is to be known. This is the domain to be known where consciousness does not get established, where mind does not figure, does not measure, does not calculate, does not gain, does not call it myself. Does not call you anything, it doesn't call, the mind ceases. This is the domain to be known. This is the domain of realization. So, insight trajectory leads to this Anya realization. Hmm. The gift of, or the cultivation of samatha is to be able to um, direct one's intentions and attention away from this, uh, um, the afflictive activations, compulsive activations, and the patterns of activation that have become myself. The subtle reflexes, favorings, impressions, interpretations, the ingrained uh, proclivities and drives and so forth, that have become empirically how I am, how I operate, for good or for bad. Probably for most people, for okay, not bad. Sometimes painful, but not evil. Painful, Confused, perhaps irritating uh, at times, disappointing. Sometimes feeling quite limited by those activations, those patterns. Myself disappointed in myself, and then maybe critical of myself. <laughs> and so it goes. <laughs> Another pattern established. So you know, that's uh, the the calming is any degree in which this this patterning can. Move towards more favourable patterning, where at least, perhaps, one is no longer so injurious to oneself. So much sabotaging, so much berating, so much uh, uh, regret, so much guilt, so much feeling left out, the odd one, the wrong one, yeah, the one who's not living up to what they could or should be, or what everybody else is. That particular shadow you know to just free oneself from that is a great blessing and where is this derived Uh, so we're just coming in to just move out from the personality mode and and so in terms of external behavior in terms of internal behavior the preoccupations the topics and even the mode of preoccupation maybe someone is someone who very much lingers and ha- chews things over a lot, or one is someone who just keeps adding everything up. This means that, and that is this, and this is this, and this is going there. Maybe, maybe once that's once one's volitional tendency,
1: hmm.
0: these, they, they, all this, this, this web of activations. Sometimes, you know. Um, directed sometimes just involuntary or spasming activations which just start affecting around experience And so we have to move can we find a place where that isn't you know, in the body so in an out breathing in a calm quiet place in the space around or even in, in the mental domain a place where one is you know not regretting um, one feels grateful, one feels blessed. Yeah. One feels touched, something that wasn't me, something that I hadn't planned, it happened. Oh, I'm so I'm grateful. And grateful is a beautiful sense because it's always applied to something I didn't actually make happen, it just happened. Oh, it's not, in other words, my life is not just me and my stuff, there's things that drop in, blessings. Mm-hmm. So we re- reflect on, on this. In some mode we come out of the, the personality with the connivance and the uh, accountancies and the transactions into the miracle. And it's touching into this realm the miraculous it's, it's not so far away only if, one's, if one protects oneself the miraculous <laughs> being someone who makes sure they've got it all covered all done, all finished completely independent got themselves totally sealed in into their own trip no room for the miraculous to come in So much in control, so much on top of it, or so much, you know, every aperture is completely sealed, (laughs) defended against the other. What does it take to to just tap on the shell? The Buddha, an awakened one, the Dhamma, the Sangha, it's called, the in the suttas it's called the voice of another. Not just any old voice, clearly, but something rings and you open. And you notice there is such a thing as opening. There is such a thing as stepping out of one's shell, of one's preoccupation, of one's life, of one's map. Oh, a blessed one has arisen this moment. They are hearts. Does no? any of this... You know? What has ceased? Momentarily. Momentarily the person has ceased. Maybe just for a moment or two. Or an aspect of the person has ceased. Clearly there's a physical body here. But at that moment that was not in one's awareness. One's story was not in one's awareness. One's projections and imaginations were not in one's awareness. For a moment it stopped and you Oh and then maybe it started again. You know. But these openings that we, we can you can you recollect that? Can you what was there? What was not there? What was there when you weren't there? Hmm? And is it possible to steer that to that quality, to that reference point, the off the map? How do you steer to get off the map? You just get less interested in the map. Less believing in it's going somewhere. Less bothered by it. Less frustrated, disappointed by it. This is the domain of realization. It's a different direction, isn't it? From you know having become something perhaps less afflicted, safer, and how we need to to uh, get somewhere calmer, safer, more comfortable. Just because otherwise everything is just spasming so frantically. There's no possibility for an opening. Everything is just so seizing up, so fast-moving, that, uh, you know, a Buddha could walk by and we wouldn't even notice it. <laughs> we're, so, you know, so we're so busy in our thing, and Buddha walks by, oh, somebody or the other. <laughs> so enough to have lifted and opened so this requirement, and it's a how calm? Calm enough, <laughs> comfortable enough, good enough to first to have some space, to have some breathing room, to have some breathing out room. And then to, to realize, you're still, you're, you know, there's still presence, there's awareness, and yet, for maybe a moment, it's, the trip isn't running. Or maybe aspects have, have gone, that were there 10 years ago. You're not there. And it wasn't because you have decided, you know, it's just you've lost the appetite for it. and So this this nipida, translated often as disgust, but it means disgust in perhaps a literal sense, to have gusto, to gustate, it means taste. One is lost appetite, disenchanted. Well, and so, you know, this is always recommended, like one who sees things. As they, in, their, in the becoming realm, yata yana nyanadasana, when one has insight, direct seeing into that which becomes, is in the realm of becoming, one is not, one has lost the enchantment of it, the enchantment with it. It doesn't mean one is trying to get out of it, or trying to protect oneself from it, because that is still an interest. <laughs> yeah. And so this is the middle that we hover over hardly holding but almost hovering at that point until that hovering quality can stabilize be known be realized so finding or inclining and realizing the requirement to you know find reference points whereby this you know, the the ceaseless or the seemingly knitted knotted um, activations and contact impressions which would just keep activating each other contact impression triggers off an intentionality to resist to stop to change to make to understand to do something Where that is broken or released. That contact is not firing you up. And can that be experienced in the body? Can it be experienced in the mental domain? Can it be experienced when you see other people? Can it be experienced when you... Eat your food, anywhere where there isn't that triggering. That has to, that domain, that mode, that experience has to be dwelt upon, lingered in. What's that like? How is that? Just sensing that can happen. And then forming a, 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 a peaceful abiding, inspired by that yes there is a an ending of that and now you can you know, your mind doesn't have to go out to that anymore your mind doesn't have to keep agitating around that therefore there's some calming and steadying and progressively we can cultivate this way we find these reference points where our refuge is palpable and the mind can crystallize around that, gain strength from it, be fortified by it. Um, No longer find its energies running out into these afflictive behaviors that we didn't understand. Samatha. Then there is enough space. If the mind is not running out into filling up with uh, afflictive preoccupations, What's there when that stops? There's some space. That space is the space. Using a metaphor, space is a metaphor whereby insight is possible. We can then review, or oh, that ceased, or that was changeable. This is just that, mm. and something is finished. Just to mention that Monday we're coming to the end of a, a little phase of practice together. i we take this uh, time for a, uh, a, say, a break or a pause or a hover. And, uh, you know, hovering, sensing, you know, uh, And this is a time also to uh, keep those references in mind and refer to even this very situation we're in now as an orientation, um, with a feeling of uh, the miracle of it all really. Just uh, noticing how one can see this physical structure, you you know, it's so this, it's that, I can admire it, or I think oh, I'd have done that a different way, or a uh, physical structure, but just bearing in mind this all uh, arose from a particular, in, arose not from a built, not as a building. it arose as an intention, it, ro- it arose as an intention. Uh, what was the intention? To provide a place for the furtherance of Dhamma for the welfare of beings for you or potentially for you mm. it arose from that intention it was sustained it was worked upon in detail mm-hmm. the, the leading teacher who oversaw it all the details try to work it out how he would favor practice, how he saw practice, what he felt would be suitable for practice, try to work it out to make it as suitable as possible for other people to receive the results, just out of love of Dhamma and for the welfare of beings. This is such an enormous thing to to dwell in. and We, we sit in this, we sit in the results of somebody's intention and endeavor And someone also gave us substantial, very substantial, just gave, you know, millions free gifts so that this could be built out of love of practice, Dhamma, and for the welfare of beings. We receive that. Yeah, we receive these gifts. We receive teachings of the Buddha. We receive these gifts. This is, if you don't believe in miracles, what's, what, what you raise your head at? <laughs> and if you, if you do open to miracles, what happens then? Did you deserve it? Were you good enough for it? Did you make it? Stop. In the sense, what happens? That's, that's what it's given for so one could Stop that calculation, receive the gift. And this time has arisen in your lives. You may very well have had to work at it, structure it, make sure it happened. And you know, still much of it is miraculous. You have health, you have sense faculties. Not everybody does, you have had enough time not everybody does. You had enough intelligence. Not everybody does. Causes and conditions in your life have led to this. Doesn't happen for everybody. You have know, friends and partners and whatever said, please, go ahead. Doesn't happen for everybody. So there are many beautiful things we can linger in that... that should arouse our inspiration, our aspiration and uh, and uh, with a sense no one is saying you have to pay anything back you know no one's saying you have to you know you're now in debt, it's a free gift for you so just 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 to cut off the transaction mind that's always narrowing everything down to me and mine. This is the beauty of, of dhāna. And the magic of it is to allow us to open to another. So I think today um, I'd like to maybe close this session with um, the mantra recitation. It's a thing to, to return to. And uh, also, as we chant together, this is, I don't what you do on the next day or so is up to you, but there won't be a, a formal meeting. So in a way, this is our sense of indicating to each other as our voices arise and meet. This is what we wish for each other. This is where we're joining. We so say, please, you, take refuge, enjoy refuge. Uh, this is our covenant. This is our sangha. And even if these bodies move apart and do things, this is where our hearts should abide, in the sense of uh, companionship and welfare in in the Dhamma. Mm.
1: to mm. the wonder i go for refuge in living my life to realize nibbana to the dhamma i go for refuge in living my life to realize nibbana to the sangha huge mm-hmm. Zaranang, Jamipun hung me here, winung a yawani, banam, Zaranang, Jamidam, hung me here, PRA NAM GATYAMI SANG HANG MEDYI VINANG YAVANI PANAM PRA NAM GATYAMI PON HANG MEDYI VINANG YAVAN ZARANAM GATYAMI me NAM MANG MEDYI VINANG YAVAN Panam daranam gacha mi sangang medial vidang yawan Panam daranam gacha mi bornang medial vidang. Huadi panam daranam mi me je vidnaṁ yāvanī pāṇam dharanam gāchaṁ me sanghaṁ me vidnaṁ yāvanī pāṇam dharanam gāchaṁ me ponhaṁ me he went bhanam ya wa me Nam me he went me me he Ame bon hong <speaking> me <in the> diyawinang yawani banam daranam Ame nam me diyawinang yawani banam he sang me, went me me. me me. He went on a me sang me. He went Visang Nang Vidhi, Vidang Yavadi, Va Nam Darananga. Visang Nang Vidhi, Vidang Yavadi, Va me born me, ji, we dumb, ya, banam, saranam, gat yam, me dumb, mong ji, we dumb, ya, banam, saranam, gat yam, me sang, yavani me, banam, saranam, gat